Hello friends, this is Yvonne and it is so good to be back today talking with y'all. Some of you may have noticed that it has been a while since we have dropped a new episode. That is because we have been going through some changes here at Vicariously. Over the last two months, it began to become clear to Jenna that she needs to take more time to focus on some other things going on in her life, which led me to begin praying about the direction God wanted me to take with this podcast. After much time of praying and processing, I felt confident that God wanted me to continue on this adventure of podcasting to the singles community. The next question was, do I host alone or do I look for another co-host? Well, to make a long story short, God opened the door to a new co-host, and I'm so very excited to introduce her today. If you have listened to our earlier episodes, you have been introduced to her in our previous episode number six. My new co-host is Angie Woods, who is a life coach for single women, and I could not be more excited to have her join me here on this podcast. My personal journey, I feel, was like most, we go to college and we're like, okay, I'm going to get married, and of course, that's just the next step. People didn't talk about singleness being a positive thing, that it was an empowering thing. I wish that I had had adults in my life back then that would have told me, you don't have to be married to have a fulfilling, awesome life. So Angie, welcome to the podcast and thank you again for joining me on this adventure and creating a space where singles can be empowered, challenged, and hopefully feel seen by you and me. All right, so I have some questions for you, Angie. Okay. I would love to hear from you a little bit about you and why you have a passion for single adults. Yes. Well, again, um, thank you so much for just um, this opportunity. And I'm really excited to see what the Lord does um, just with our minds put together, loving on and seeing single um, adults. I know that we have such a passion for, um, we both have been in that space where we've been single in our 20s. And, um, and so I, I know there's a lot of women out there and men that are single in their twenties, figuring out how to do this season of their life well. And so, yeah, um, yeah, I would love to tell you, um, my personal journey, I feel like was like most people, we go to college and we're like, okay, I'm going to get married. And after, you know, after college, of course, that's just the next step. And I think that in our Mm -hmm. minds, we do school and then we do college and then, though we joke that we want our MRS degree, like there's, it's not like we plan a future past college where we do singleness. You know, it wasn't Mm -hmm. like that was a conversation that was being had. And so you kind of hit this place where you leave college and you're like, oh, I'm doing this alone, you know? And so that's where I found myself. And I shared Mm -hmm. a little um, on episode six, but for me, the Lord, um, really opened up. I got to travel to the Philippines and teach over there for two years and then came back and got to do um, the Canacuck Institute for a year, a training program. And then I got to go pour into single, um, not single, into junior high and high school and college kids in a ministry called K-Life for six years, you know, post all of that. So my season of singleness was very adventurous in the sense of Um, I didn't really know what the Lord was doing. You know, I didn't really know if marriage was in the picture for me. I knew I wanted marriage, but I feel like it was one of those things where I didn't really see myself 
single and figuring out life on my own. I don't know if you, I mean, I know you kind of had that same similar journey, but that was, Mm -hmm. I feel like that's kind of in a nutshell, a little bit of my singleness. Yeah. That's awesome. You know, it's funny. We we're just talking for those of you who are listening. We so Angie and I went to college together and we didn't know each other. And I was just talking about a computer science class that I took and she thinks that she may have been in there with me. Yeah. (laughs) But I just think about like how you know, now I look back at my life and I just think about how God just sees our entire lives and like he saw you and me sitting in that class and we both were probably longing to graduate, not single. And it's just funny how, you know, when you know God and you know his sovereignty and how he is in control of all things, like he saw you and me there in that class at that college and that someday we would cross paths again and we would be doing this podcast talking about like our singleness journeys and when I think about where we were at that time I think about myself who I was like nervous and scared um at least after my breakup like nervous and scared to graduate Mm -hmm. single Mm -hmm. And to be a single adult, like that felt like the scariest, most embarrassing, shameful thing. Like yeah. I, I literally felt like, oh my gosh, I, I felt sorry for single adults yeah. <laughs> because like you said, like people didn't talk about um, like singleness being a positive thing. Mm-hmm. and that it was an empowering thing, you know, yeah. and I wish that I had had adults in my life back then that would have empowered me and would have told me, you know, you don't have to be married to have a fulfilling, awesome life, you know? And so now like looking back and just even doing this podcast with you just makes me think like, gosh, like God is so cool how he works and You know, for those of you who are listening, just know that like you just don't know what's going to happen with your life. You don't know who you're going to come in contact. You don't know who you've been in contact with that someday will be brought back into your life. And it could be a significant other. It could be a friend. Um, But like this life really is an adventure, you know? Yes, yes. And when we look at it as an adventure, we look at it through that lens, right? We don't look at it as like, we, we look at like what's around the corner, like what's going to happen, what's next, like exciting, you know, as opposed to like, it's this spiral downward into like hard, you know, and, and yeah. like knowing, knowing now, you know, like God has so much goodness in all those different seasons. Um, and that, yeah. you know, I think that was, you know, something that, I wish I would have really embraced more was just the the parts of my singleness that are so fun. You know, there were parts mm-hmm. of it that were really, I look back now and, you know, I've been married for 10 years now and I have three kids and I can look back on my singleness so differently because I have 
I'm married and I have kids. And I think that's something that when you're single, you don't know how long you will be single and you don't know if you will get married. And so that tends to be the biggest, the hardest part is not knowing what to believe about your future. What do I prepare myself for? Do I prepare myself for singleness forever? Or do I, am I preparing myself to join partner with somebody and do this life with somebody? Yeah. You know? And so. Yeah. Yeah. With, with what you are saying, like, I'd love, I'd love for you to share with our listeners, what were the things that you enjoyed about your singleness? And then what were the hard things? I mean, obviously, like you said, the unknown, I I remember feeling that way, like the, the, just not knowing how long it was going to be. That was hard, but I would love to hear what were some of the highlights of your singleness journey? And then what were some of the hard things about your singleness journey? So for me, I really felt called to do ministry. And so because I was single, it was so much fun. I spent so much time with my girls. I hung out with seventh graders, eighth grade, 11th graders. I mean, I can honestly tell you, I would wake up and go run with one of my dear friends, Caitlin, and we would run almost all the time. Like I just had so much freedom in my schedule, you know? And I think as a single woman, like, you know that, but at the same time, it's easy to fill that with work, you know? And for me, ministry, AKA was work. So like a positive was that I had so much time to pour into people and a negative Mm -hmm. Avon was that I didn't do a very good job of taking care of myself. You know what I mean? I, Mm -hmm. I people pleased a lot and wanted to make others happy and I wanted. So that was kind of a negative, I think, was that I didn't create like a really good um, personal life. Like my work being in ministry was like my whole world. You know what I mean? And I didn't have a good outside life of like, what is Angie just doing? Because it's Angie and she is creating this life of hers, you know, um, separate from her. Okay. So okay, I see things like you know, like you know, I I lo- I work with a lot of women that are like I love to play a musical instrument or piano or I love to do art or you know what I mean like doing things that yeah. are kind of just who you are you know yeah for yeah. sure so I would say that was like one of the one of the things that I loved another thing that I loved was just um, freedom I mean I I made all my I mean. Again, I made all my own decisions and that was also hard to make all my decisions. I remember yeah. um, when it was big decisions to be made, I would constantly have the thought, I just wish there was someone here to help me with this decision. But the funniest thing is, is that, um, you know, and you know that when you're my money and how I spent my time and what I, where I went and all that kind of stuff, and it's a lot different now, you know? So. Yeah, that's awesome. I was just thinking when you were talking about um, making decisions for yourself, golly, like I remember having to buy my first car because I was blessed like in the fact that my parents had bought me a car when I was, you know, uh, in college. But then when I got to being, um, you know, a young adult and I was on my own, Oh, Angie, I look back now and I'm like, what was I doing? I could have bought my, like my dream car is not like a Corvette or like a super expensive car by any means. My, my dream car, oh, I would have loved to have gotten a convertible bug. Like 
I just think they're the cutest and so fun. And I look back and I'm like, why didn't I do that? Why didn't I do that? You want to know why I didn't do that? Because I had so much hope that I would get married someday and have kids. So I made a practical decision (laughs) and bought a car that would be more family friendly. What was I doing? I was like living this whole like hopeful, which, you know, whatever, like I had this desire, you look back on it, but now I'm married and I have kids and I'm like, I'm, you know, rocking the minivan and I'm like, I should have bought the bug. Okay. So listeners, if you have a dream car and you're single, do not buy a minivan or a car that like, (laughs) I mean, you know, don't waste your money. I'm not telling you to go in. and spend all your money. But like, if you can afford a fun car, buy the fun car, do it. I should have done that. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I I agree. I think like knowing that, you know, it was such a precious season and there were certain things of it that, you know, you do look back on. And like you said, you wish, gosh, I wish I would have splurged and enjoyed and really had a lot of fun. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah, I do. Yeah. Um, so I want to know if you could have life coached yourself when you were single, what is the main thing you would have told your, or you would tell your 20 something self now? Okay. Um, I definitely would have like, I feel like I didn't enjoy me. I feel like that was a part, like when I was single, I spent a lot of time like wishing I was different or better or thinner or less loud or more organized or more put together or, you know what I mean? I just, mm-hmm. I just, I was my biggest critic and I wish I would have been one of my greatest fans. Like I wish I would have just been confident in who the Lord had made me and confident that like, I am lovable just the way I am. Like nothing yeah. would change. I, I wish that I could have experienced those 10 plus years, you know, in my twenties of just that freedom of being comfortable in my own skin and loving who God had made me to be. I really, I would have, Mm. I would have spent a lot of time enjoying who God has made me. And I'm grateful that I can do that now, you know, that I can really enjoy what the kind of person that God has made me instead of being my biggest critic, you know? So I have a question for you. I talk a lot. Okay, so listeners, I'm just going to tell you my age. Here we are. I'm 42. Yeah, ditto. Ditto. I'm 42 um, as well. Okay, so we're in our 40s. Yes. Um, And with that, I hear a lot of my friends talk about, like, how they love their 40s because they're in that place, like, of just feeling more comfortable in their own skin. So I – I would question, my question to you is, do you feel like it's possible in your 20-somethings and your 30-somethings to be able to love yourself like that? Yeah. Because, you know, you're a life coach. Yeah. Do you feel, like, what what is the secret to that? Like, is it just getting older and it's just that stage of life that we're in? Or is there something that you are doing as a life coach that you're offering your clients um, that helps them in that. Well, it's that, I think like you, when you're single and you're in your twenties and you're figuring out who you are, I think you have a really hard time 
like not seeing the flaws of you and not comparing yourself to other people. And you get really into like, well, if I was, especially when you're single, Yvonne, like, well, if I was thin, then I would be chosen. Or if I had a higher paying job, then I would be chosen. Or if I had better parents or came from, and you come up with, your brain comes up with all these reasons why you haven't been chosen or picked. And so you can only focus on how you should be different so that you will be picked. Okay. But I think that like as a 20 something, like knowing who you are and who God has made you is like you stewarding your body, your mind, your heart, your soul, and like your personality and your giftings and like embodying like who God has made you to be and like enjoying that, like choosing to think about it in a way that you really like. I like me, not because I've just gotten really good at putting up with me, but because I choose to think about myself in a way where I'm like, I like that that's who I am. I like that that is who God has made me to be, you know, where before I think I would have wished I was different. So I think to answer that question, like that isn't just available to you in your 40s. I think the reason why 40-year-olds get to that place, Yvonne, is they've kind of finally, like before, they wonder if they'll ever be picked and then they get married and they believe, oh, okay, I'm now lovable. But then they get to that place where maybe they've been married 10 years or 15 years and they're like, listen, like my husband loving me isn't enough. I have to love me. Mm Mm-hmm. And I think they finally, where I help single women specifically figure out that like they can love themselves right now, because it's even greater if you can figure out how to love yourself before you even ever get married. Cause then you're not, you're not going to meet a guy and think, is he going to choose me? Is he going to love me? Because you already choose yourself and you already love yourself enough that then you can just really look at the guy like, do I want to choose him? Oh, yeah, I think a lot of the a lot of what I needed when I was in my twenties was just to that freedom to enjoy me and not be my biggest critic. And I wish I would have taken better care of myself. I I I didn't take care of myself. I um I overate. I over I like indulged in food. I buffered with food because I was lonely or I was trying to avoid parts of my of my single season that were just harder. You know. So, Angie, one more question for you. Yes. We'll, we'll end on a fun note here. What is your most embarrassing dating story that you can share with our listeners? Yes. Okay. So, I there was a gentleman who had shown interest in me, and he lived in the ministry house that um, I lived in, the girl's house, and he lived at the guy's house. And he had shared that he was very interested in, in going out on a date with me. And I had tried to tell him I was not interested, but it was one of those cases where he just really believed that the two of us were meant to be together. And so the guy I was working with said, Hey, you really should go on a date with this guy just to really solidify that you're not interested. And I said, okay, I'll do it. So I went on this date and the entire date was so awkward. At one point in time, um, he was eating with a plastic fork and the plastic fork had broken and he was eating the broken oh. pieces of the plastic fork. And I could tell, and I had, I'm oh. Like, oh, you know, I'm like, I'm like, oh, I think you're eating that plastic fork. Like, you know, it was just, it was so <laughs> tense. It was so awkward. I had to repeat over and over, like, I know you see me in the Jeep next to you with the canoe on top and us going together into the future. But I want to let you know, <laughs> I'm not in the Jeep with you. I'm not in the Jeep. I'm in a different vehicle with a different driver. Like that was how I had to keep explaining it. Isn't that awful? 
And like, I left the date and I was like, did he get the picture? Like, I don't know if, you know. Oh, no. So what happened after the date? Yeah, I, mean, I think, no, I think oh, I just oh, really like told the guy that was living with him, like, hey, listen, I, th- I, these are all the things that I said. So if he interprets that any other way, make sure you just solidify that I'm not interested. He's a great guy. Yes. And I think that, that is, yeah. I think that Avon too is really hard for single women is like, what if I don't like a guy? Like, it's totally fine to have yes. that. I don't like you. I'm not interested in you. It means nothing about the person. It means my ability yeah. to want him and to desire that person. That's on me. And I didn't want to think about that guy in that way. And that's okay. I don't yeah. have to. And somebody else will. Yeah. You know what I mean? If it's, if it's, yeah. So, yeah, that's my embarrassing. That's good. So, yeah, listeners, if we do have any guy listeners here, we would love to hear from you um, any thoughts. That's always a struggle for girls, and I'm sure it is for guys too. But, like, when you don't – when you're not into someone, how do you tell them in a kind way (laughs) that you're not wanting to – continue forward so we would love to hear from you guys because I've heard from some guys that like the friend thing is just always hard to hear I don't know so is there a perfect way I don't know if there's a perfect way but we would love to hear from any guy listeners what has been the best way a girl has turned you down Um, you can let us know on our Instagram or on our Facebook page so we um We're going to stop there, and I would just love to tell you an exciting thing. Um, We are so excited to journey with you and your singleness and Angie on our podcast, um, which will soon be called Adventuring Solo. And we are looking forward to offering you more interviews with awesome single adults who come from all kinds of different walks of life so that you may gain encouragement and insight from their lives. We will also be offering tips, resources, as well as coaching tips and challenges from Angie. So friends, we hope that you will stick with us and spread the word about our podcast because it's going to be good. Follow us on Facebook and Instagram and listen to us on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Buzzsprout. Till next time, go and find yourself a Christmas solo adventure to enjoy this holiday. Thanks, friends. Thanks, friends.